Good morning, everybody. Hey, it is Tuesday, and uh, yesterday uh, we had a great start to the day, but uh, gave way throughout the day. And at the end, that last hour of trading uh, ended up uh, kind of falling apart. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us here in just a few minutes. Before we do, though, let's remember that uh, in the world we live, there are a lot of things that you and I just cannot control, but you can control the amount of risk that you have in your current portfolio. You have to know how much risk you have and where it should be in order to make those adjustments. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis. And with that, we got Dave coming up next. Light FM, good morning. That's, uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, OMI. I don't know about what that's short for. I never bothered to look it up. Time to check in on your money and find out what's going on in Wall Street. Wow. We actually got some interesting macro news this morning. That was a pleasant surprise. Time to check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. And, Philip, I didn't give you a lot of time to get your stuff together there before we went on the air because both of us were kind of shell-shocked over what we got for a wholesale inflation figure, right? Yeah, we got some, I'm going to say, some good news. And, and not only do the numbers start to say some good news, but we've got some big banks uh, giving us some indications that uh, on inflation for next year, which, man, I don't know where they're pulling it out of, but uh, the markets are liking everything they're seeing today. Well, I'm hoping, heck, they're right. Let's give them the numbers that they know. We're talking about producer price index here, the wholesale inflation number, which tends to precurse the uh, consumer number. Uh, October, uh, yeah, the October PPI up two-tenths of a percent. The market was expecting four-tenths of a percent. The overall year-over-year, the market was expecting 8.4%. We got 8% for wholesale inflation, which kind of makes you sit up and go, well, geez, maybe this junk the Fed was doing four or five months ago is actually starting to have an effect, right? That's right. We're seeing demand, uh, you know, start to come down, which is which is helping prices come down, uh, which which is good news, right? Because that's the whole idea is that we need prices to come down because that's inflation. As prices come down, that means inflation is starting to reduce, and that and that's really what the Fed is looking for. Oh, yeah, I, got, I, think, I, I think I need to throw out prices are coming down on things like housing, but prices are simply not going up as fast as they were expecting. Well, that, that's true. That, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They're still going up. Yeah, I got to play truth detector here. I mean, 8% inflation is still El Stinko, which is just better than 8.4, right? Exactly. I, at least in my opinion, it's better. Absolutely. And you had a bank article I didn't see this morning where some wag who actually knows what he's talking about thinks we could be back down to like 3% inflation by the end of next year. Yeah, and I actually heard it on the radio coming into work this morning. And I, I can't remember which bank it was that basically came out and said that they expect that the inflation will be under control uh, by their definition at 3%. Uh, by the fourth quarter next year. So, I mean, that's a pretty big uh, expectation. It really is, especially when we're looking at consumer prices and wholesale prices still in the in the 8% range. The uh, thing that really caught notice was uh, one of the Fed governors, I, 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 I think you said that she sits on the open market committee, said maybe it's time to slack off a little bit because mid-December we've got another open market committee for the Federal Reserve meeting. 
and the conventional wisdom has been that we're going to get whacked with another three-quarters of a percent rate increase on the interest rates around the country. And if we've got a couple of Fed governors talking about slowing down, well, maybe that pivot might actually happen this time, huh? Well, I'm not holding my breath for this time, Dave. Uh, Me either. Because I think (laughs) those guys have pretty much already made up their mind um, for this uh, December meeting. But I do think that what she's saying is that uh, for 2023, where, you know, we anticipated another two, maybe even three, three quarter percent rate increases, that then maybe those in 2023, we need to slow down, give uh, give the markets time to react to what we've done and, and hopefully see that uh, what the Fed has done so far has has been working. Yeah, Philip, they're starting to listen to us. I mean, finally, it's taken them long enough. If <laughs> we only ruled the world. Yeah, like we've been saying all along, it was like four, five, six months worth of delay from the time that you hit the economy with a two by four, like those three quarters of a percent rate increases, and the time we see it affect. What we're seeing right now is the mid year activity the Fed did for us now in a little bit lower wholesale inflation. That's good news, but we've got like three other of. Uh, three-quarters of a percent rate increases that we haven't seen the effect happen yet on. So if we wait until the end of next year, I'm kind of crossing my fingers that the new composition on the Open Market Committee will actually say, okay, let it cook, see what happens. If it takes one more quarter because we underestimated how much we need to do, we can live with that because that beats the heck out of flushing the toilet and having another Volcker recession on our hands. Absolutely. And the other thing we're seeing too, Dave, is you know we've been talking about how the Fed wants unemployment to be somewhere between four and five percent. Um, and Amazon plans to lay off about 10,000 employees starting this week. Wow. Uh, you mean between Facebook and Twitter, all their layoffs as well. We're starting to get numbers that we got to start seeing in the first time claim pipeline sometime soon. Uh, I agree. And so the question is, you know, that's, you know, depends on the state and how long they have to wait before they can actually lay those folks off and, and, and all those uh, formalities, but but we do know that there's another 10,000 folks that are going to be um, unemployed at some point. Absolutely. It does have to be brought back to mind that California has some uh, very, very caring laws about uh, reductions in force. They have to give like 60 days worth of severance in a reduction in force setting. So, yeah, these guys will be in the pipeline, assuming they don't find another job right away. But it's going to be 60 days for the Twitter employees that Musk let go last weekend. And he was talking about, oh, he gave him 90. And if those, pay, if those severance paychecks are actually linked to pay periods, then they can't even file for another two months minimum before they get let go. Yeah, and the other thing is the 30-year Treasury is finally below 4% again. Whoa! Happy days are here again. Maybe our home values are going to start going back up again. Uh, the other good news indication we got out this morning, and I've always said this is one of those indexes that we really kind of shrug off and say, oh, that's interesting in normal times, but normal times is not what we're in. The Empire State Manufacturing Index, last month it was almost shell-shocked because it showed a negative 9.1. They were expecting it to go up to a negative 6 this month. That came out at 8.30. Suddenly the uh, New York business conditions are positive 4.5. Boy, talk about a reversal. You're exactly right. And so that's some good news when it comes to manufacturing, that those numbers are heading back to the positive side of the coin. And so... Uh, That's some good news for the Northeast, I believe. Absolutely. My fear and greed index, by the way, that thing that I periodically watch, 
has now swung over to greed from fear, which eh, that might be a little early for that kind of optimism, but we'll go for it. And uh, there are companies that are out there are getting some good news, too. I saw something go across my ticker this morning. Netflix, we've been talking about having so many troubles, missing projections, and uh, having challenges. Bank of America upgraded Netflix stock to a buy that was up two full notches from their previous ratings. So some of the companies that we kind of watch that have some cachet are getting some good news as well this morning. They are. Let's start off with some of the retail things that we've seen. Walmart reported um, better than expected re- uh, revenue and profits and uh, they came out and said they're going to repurchase 20 billion shares of their own stock, as well as their same store sales exceeded estimates. So uh, Walmart getting a nice bump today, up 7.1% this morning. Well, off of all of those stories we were hearing earlier about how slowdowns were expected, so they were running clearance sales in order to get rid of stock, Walmart and Target and everything, evidently it worked, huh? I, I guess so. Let's kind of keep along the, the retail front. I don't have a whole lot to do today, but I got a couple more. So mm-hmm. Home Depot reported. Home Depot. Well, yeah, they are, right? They beat on the top mm-hmm. and bottom line of the estimates, right? So that was good. They reaffirmed, and the article says they merely reaffirmed its full-year earnings forecast. So I'm thinking they're not real thrilled about just them reaffirming. Um, I think they wanted to see some growth projections that they would be better than expected. Um, so they're trading down this morning about 1.1%. If memory serves, last quarter, Home Depot was one of the uh, early companies to say, we're not expecting great things for the second half of the year. I got a sneaking hunch everybody expected them to improve that a little bit. Uh, I think so. And it just uh, obviously did not happen. Uh, a couple more companies I have, uh, um, not necessarily household names, but uh, Getty Images. They are a company that, um, you know, they stockpile images and they sell those images to advertisers and all those type of things. And so they uh, they came up short in the revenue section of uh, their quarterly report. So they missed their um, earnings was above estimates, but they're getting beat up pretty bad today. Um, they've been down as much as 11%. They're down about almost 6% right now. Ooh. But that's, one of those com- that's one of those companies I have trouble figuring out where the cash flow comes from in the process because stealing a Getty image is so darned easy, it's ridiculous. So, and, and I'll just say this because I, I didn't realize this when I first started looking at it, but, but they actually closed up yesterday 31 mm. and a quarter percent. Wow. Now they're so they cheap stock, to, right? But yeah, they can afford to go down a little bit. Exactly, can't they? exactly. They still be in good <laughs> shape. So, um, and the other one we have another kind of obscure company that uh, we don't really think about much is Tencent Music. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of the same thing. They repackage and sell music. Um, they had better than expected revenue and profits. Um, they're a China-based streaming service, and so uh, they've benefited by increased number of subscribers. They're up nine and almost nine and a half percent this morning. And the Ooh. last one I have for you is the Energizer Bunny, right? Uh, Energizer Holdings. They uh, they came out and they had better than expected uh, quarterly results as well. Uh, they did uh, come out and say that you know they've got some volatile um, operating environment right now, some significant headwinds coming at them, um, and so but they're still trading up six and a half percent, so a nice bump for them. 
That ain't half bad. Resetting the table for the morning, I think it'd be safe to call yesterday kind of a profit-taking day after a barn burner week last week. Dow was off by 211, the S&P was off by 36, and the NASDAQ was off by 127. And I still can't get over the notion that almost sounds like a normal day in today's world. Good news on the economy this morning, 45 minutes before we open. How good are we looking today so far? And we're getting a nice bounce. And I just want to say yesterday, man, everything was kind of looking really green and maybe a little mixed. But but that last hour of trading is when it really started to kind of fall apart. Uh, but today we have seen some big numbers come across our ticker here. We've got the Dow up 1.2 percent. That's almost four hundred dollars. We've got the S&P 500 up almost two percent right now. It's up seventy five dollars. The NASDAQ 100 is up 2.85%, $332. And the oh. Russell 2000 up 1% or almost $20. So, man, uh, I think that they listen to the news and, and they think everything uh, is really uh, skyrocketing. And I'm not so sure that's really going to be the case in the end of the end of the thing. But commodities, though, silver down a half a percent, gold up a quarter. Crude oil's uh, taking a hit this morning, up one and a quarter percent to $84.81 a barrel. Which still is lower than it was yesterday, so we'll take that happily. Absolutely. Absolutely. Overseas markets, Asian Rim, generally relatively happy this morning at the close. China's mainland co composite was up by over 1.6% at the close. European stocks not quite as optimistic, but they are in the green, about a third of a percent for the most part, halfway through their trading day. Keeping stability in a retirement account is probably more important than anything when we're looking at an upsy-downsy market like this, although looking for the gains counts as well. That takes reading risk. How do I get a hold of you to help read my risk tolerance right? That's right, Dave. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis of your current portfolio. Make sure the risk really lines up where it needs to be. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. All righty. We'll be back here again tomorrow morning to fill you in as what's going on on Wall Street. Philip, thank you so much. We'll catch you shortly. All right. All right, buddy. You have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks. Again, I want to thank you for joining us today. It is Tuesday. Hey, I'm going to be out the rest of this week um, doing some planning for 2023 and uh, and trying to get a head start on that. So I'll, I'll be out for a couple of days, but we'll be back on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. I look forward to speaking to you again on Monday. Hey, take care. Until then.